Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street MB Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, church family. It's good to be together. I am thankful for you. I am so grateful that God has brought Sarah and I to the jungles of St. Catharines to serve as missionaries with you here to serve our community. I'm so grateful for um, Marga and the kitchen team. Wednesday we had a lovely Thanksgiving meal here. I think we fed a hundred and something. Thank you to those of you who help in our hospitality ministry, our food ministry. It's, um, it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. We cooked, do you know how many cookies, uh, cookies, turkeys we cooked? you know how many? Ten. It was ten turkeys. That's a lot of turkey for a vegetarian pastor in particular. <laughs> and then we did another Thanksgiving meal for Old Pine Trail across the road. Um, they asked if we would help to cook a meal for them. We were praying for sunshine because they wanted to do a Thanksgiving meal in the parking lot. So we cooked, how many turkeys did Eva, did you cook? We cooked four turkeys, and we, we fed about 50 to 60 people. We took everything across, some of it in Sarah's mini. My truck was in the shop, so Sarah, we fit food in Sarah's little car, took it across to the parking lot across the way, and we love our community and our neighbors. It was a lovely time. So two Thanksgiving meals. Thank you to Eva and the kitchen team who, who made Thanksgiving meal number two. Thanksgiving meal for Sarah and I. Number three is tomorrow, 18 people at Mom's Place. Mom, get ready. We're coming. Thanks to the worship team, to to Tim and and the team. What a wonderful, beautiful sound this morning. It's always a nice sound, but it was really good this morning. And we're grateful for you. Yes. We're grateful that Tim is stepping up with Matt and Bev um, and all that's going on in the family and taking care of kids and beautiful little Reuben, uh, Tim has stepped up and said, yes, whatever you need, I will, I will lead worship. So if you feel like you're seeing him more than normal, it's because we're seeing him more than normal. And that's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. To, he plans the service. As we, he, he plans the songs. And we talk earlier in the week. He knows that I'm preaching on it. It's a lot of work. And he leads. So we're grateful for you, Tim. Thank you. Thank you. Reuben. We love you. Thank you for coming to church today. How is your hand feeling today? Good, good, yes. So glad you're here. Um, We are in week two of our Made for Missions series. Last week we talked about every person being called by God for a mission. Actually, two weeks ago, uh, last week was Harvest Mission. Uh, We talked about the fact that you're not an accident, that you're not a fluke, but that you are a masterpiece of God. You are built for a purpose. Uh, With this mission, you've got some options. Now, some people completely ignore their mission in life. They just go day to day without a sense of of real purpose. Um, There's others who have a sense of mission, and maybe some of you are like that. Your heart beats fast. You think to yourselves, I really love life this way. I really love to serve God this way. But then life gets busy, and things fall back into their normal sort of everyday grind. Then there's some people who seek after their missions, seek after the mission that God has made them for. They find it because God isn't hiding our mission from us. God is more excited that we see see what he has created us for. He wants to see us using our gifts and, and focusing on our mission to be his hands and feet here on earth. 
He wants us to literally live on our mission, on the mission we're made for. So the big point of our first sermon was that we are called. God calls everyone, not just pastors, missionaries, worship leaders, whatever. He doesn't just call particular people. He calls each of us. Ministry is for each of us. There is a ministry of cooking turkeys. It's a good ministry, isn't it? Amen. There's a ministry of telling children's stories. It's a good ministry. There's a ministry on Wednesday nights, on, uh, on, on, on Friday nights when we care for children. You should be here on Wednesdays. What we've been doing is taking the front pews out. And so there's this big open area in the front. And David turns this place into a beautiful youth ministry location. It's, it's incredible, the ministry that's, that happens here. If you show up some evenings, you'll come in here and you'll go, isn't this wonderful? Kids love it, and, and, and I love it when kids love being here. We are called to ministry. Um, so if I am called to ministry, the next question is, so what am I called to? What am I supposed to be doing? What's my mission? And that's what we're going to talk about today. If you have your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 9. If you have your phone, uh, go to your Bible app. I don't know if you, you have the U version. There's a wonderful free Bible app in your phone uh, for, for uh, apples and uh, all other kinds of phones called version. Every language. I don't know. Is there, is there a, a Blautich version? Is there a, a low German version of the Bible? There is. There is. Is a South American one. So uh, turn in your Bible or your app to Luke 9. Let's look at, we'll start in 51. As the time approached... Luke 9, 51. As the time approached for, for him to be taken to heaven, for Jesus to be taken to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Now, the Greek word for resolutely is esterism. Esterism. He is heading out with steadfastly is another translation of that word. Jesus wasn't just going. He was going steadfastly. It was like yesterday, last week when you were coming up to get your buns. You weren't just coming up. You were steadfast. You wanted to get up here quickly and get your buns and your pickles. You were coming esterism, steadfastly. Jesus here is going to Jerusalem. He knows he's going to suffer. He knows he's going to be humiliated. He knows he's going to be crucified. Nonetheless, he's going to Jerusalem steadfastly. He was a man on a mission. He steadfastly set out for Jerusalem He knew where he was going. He knew that his mission was greater than himself. Let's keep reading. Luke, we're going to go back up a little bit. Luke 9, 23. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. Jesus made it clear that the mission of those who would follow him is the same as his mission. We are to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him daily. It isn't just coming one day a week for a few hours and I'm a Christian when I'm at church. No. We are a Christian and we're on a mission 24-7. Denying ourselves and taking up the cross. Not a one-time event. This is a mission that is our daily mission until our last breath. Our our mission is way bigger than ourselves. It's it's way bigger than the money that we can make and and, and the, the things we can do. It's about how we can serve others, how we can change the world for Christ's sake. And it's a part of being a worldwide movement. All across the world, Christians are worshiping today. And they're saying, Lord, use me 
in Africa, in South America, even the jungles of St. Catharines. God, use us. How can we be used as you're making a worldwide movement? Now, I know that there's some people in church today and probably some people online who are new to faith in Jesus. And others may be still questioning what faith might look like. What's my mission like? And you might say, well, I'm not sure what my mission is. And let me just say that's okay. Today is still important for you because we're all trying to figure out what it means to be a believer at this age and stage. And this is a part of growing in our faith. God is inviting us not only to come to church on Sunday, not only to sing beautiful songs, he's inviting us to join him in his mission, in his work around the world. If you've been following Jesus for a while and you've walked as a Christian for many years, uh, you might be nodding your head. Yes, I know my mission. I've been following my mission to serve God for many years. I've got it. What next? But if you're anything like me, you may know that it's easy to agree and to nod and say, yes, I know my mission. I know that I need to serve God. But it's sometimes much harder to live it out. When you see someone in need, sometimes it's so easy to not do anything. There was a guy on the street. We were just finishing dinner the other day. There was a gentleman on the street who didn't smell very good. You know? And, and he was begging for money. But, but if you read scripture, we have no choice. Our choice is to be Jesus to that man. And it doesn't matter what you smell like or, or if you're a beggar or if you're, if you're a millionaire. Our call is to serve them all. Yeah. So it's even, even as an old man, sometimes it would be easier not to shake that man's hand, not to reach into my pocket and give him a little something to help him. Lord willing, he used that for food and not for something else. But my responsibility is to be Christ to him. Yeah. So I think one of Satan's most powerful tools is to get Jesus' followers off mission. And the, I think his number one tool is distraction. His weapon is distraction. If you have a cell phone, could you pull it out for a moment? I'm interested to see how many cell phones do we have in the church. That's not a cell phone, Nate, but you're going to get a phone someday. Where is your phone? Okay, I see some husbands and some wives with phones. Usually you're not allowed to pull your phone out in church or you think you shouldn't have a phone. Okay. Did you know that on average, the average Canadian cell phone is looked at 110 times a day, more than nine times an hour? And, and John Jansen does it even more. <laughs> Did you know that 55% of people with cell phones say that they have texted while driving? 55% say they've texted while driving, which is more dangerous than driving drunk. Did you know that 84% of people worldwide, you should see in Kenya, in Africa, when someone gets a phone, it's such a prized possession. I remember I was talking to a bishop, Bishop Ngala one day, and his phone rang. Well, when the phone rings, everything stops. And he picks up the cell phone and he talks, and I just sit there for however long he's talking, because the phone comes first. 84% say they couldn't go a single day without their phone. And 50% of Canadian teens admit that they are addicted. Addicted to their phone. They can't live without it. And some of you are, are saying, well, I've never had one. Who here has never had a cell phone? Never had a cell phone. Yeah, 
You know, you little ones, you don't, you count, you're very important. But someday you're probably going to have a phone. Now, here is the ultimate test of your cell phone and how distracting it is. How many of you, since I asked you to pull your phone out, have looked at it and, and feel you have to send an email to someone or a text? Honestly, did anybody look at your phone? Lydia? Yes, she read her email. I knew someone would. I knew someone would. Thank you, Walter, for being honest for your wife. <laughs> I knew these things are so distracting. Can we agree that we live in a distracted culture? Canadian culture is so distracted. Okay, Lydia, put that phone away. <laughs> Let's keep looking deeper. Luke 9, 57 to 62. So Jesus and the disciples are walking along, and someone comes up, I will follow you wherever you go, Jesus replied. Foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. What is Jesus saying? If you follow Jesus and you follow his example, you may have no place to call home. It, to follow Christ might mean sacrifice. Another man said to him, uh, Jesus said to him, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the, bury, let the dead bury the, their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I'll follow you, Lord, but first... Let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. How many of you have heard those words before, have read that scripture? Yes. How many of you find it a little harsh? It's kind of a little, yeah, you wonder, Jesus, why were you so hard on these people? Why would you say these things? Let's look a little bit deeper. From this passage, Jesus identifies, like there's three different people. I'm going to look at two of the three. And these are two distractions that pull us away from the mission that God has called us to. First one, the man walks up ready to follow Jesus, and Jesus simply says that my mission may lead to homelessness. Right? Foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He's saying, this is what it's like to follow me. So this person who came to Jesus, was, was, was into following Jesus and wanted to be with him as long as it didn't take him out of his comfort zone. We don't know the rest of the story, but it was about comfort. It was about having a place to live. Um, the only problem is that Jesus doesn't pull his followers out of comfort zones. He destroys comfort zones. Jesus gave us an example of how to live with love and passion, not on a focus on our comfort. When Sarah and I went to Africa, we didn't know what uh, sort of comfort level we would live at. Um, God took care of us. But um, you don't ask, I'll go, Lord, but. But does it, are the mattresses good? I'll go, Lord, but are there snakes there? I'll go, Lord, but do the spiders bite? You know, you know all those butts? Yeah. Jesus doesn't call us to a safe place. How many of you pray before you go anywhere in the car? You get in the car and you, you say a prayer, Lord, bless our, bless our journey. Sarah and I, sometimes we're going on a long journey. We'll, we'll, we'll stop the car well, before we start the car. Usually we start the car and then we pray, I guess. And then we pray, Lord, keep us safe. But what if we should actually be praying, Lord, make us dangerous for you? Make us dangerous followers for you. 
Father, don't make me comfortable. Make me effective. But our Canadian world is, is um, obsessed with safety and comfort. Here, David, throw these up on screen. There are some things that you can buy that are so important to us. Shower radios. Shower radios. And if you don't have enough time with the radio in the shower, you can put a stereo radio under your pillow. You can see this. Next to that, here's some beauties. These are massaging slippers with batteries. So not only do they keep your feet warm, but as you walk, they massage your feet. Don't we all need those? And below, those of you who enjoy your s'mores, that's an electronic s'more-making machine. You know at camp, how we make s'mores at camp sort of thing? Well, now you don't have to wait for camp. You can do it on your living room table with your own electronic s'more maker. So next time you go to Canadian Tire, take a look and see how many items are there. They exist simply to make our lives easier and more comfortable. Now, there's nothing wrong with being easy and comfortable as long as that's not our goal in life. What happens when comfort becomes more important than faith? We learn here that Jesus is saying that it's better to count the cost before following him. Foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Do not count on comfort in your Christian journey. It requires sacrifice. Distraction number two. As Jesus continued to walk along, another man approaches, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus turns to him and says, No one who has put his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Once again, that seems harsh, doesn't it? Seems like Jesus was, was being really hard on this fellow. So let's look deeper. Once again, this man has some of the similar words to the previous people. Lord, but first, let me go back to my family. There's nothing wrong with telling your family where you're going. I'm going to follow Jesus. Tell your family about it. But he was telling Jesus, let me do this or I won't follow you. I will follow you, but please just let me do this. Let me say goodbye to my family. He tries to make a deal with Jesus. He places a condition on his willingness to follow him. Lord, I will follow you, but not there. Not Nineveh. I will go anywhere but there. So the word but, B-U-T, is a very big, small word. It impacts everything. How about this one? The doctor says, the operation was a success, but. How about this one? I love you, but. Doesn't, that, doesn't the but change everything? Our finances look good this month, but. Christmas is coming. I'll follow you, Jesus, but. First, let me go home and talk to mom and dad. Here's a little video that will help us understand the difference but can make. I got a, got a big butt. It's gigantic, if I'm going to be blunt about it. And you know what? The funny thing is, I got several big butts. And, and, and before, you, before you discard me or, or wince at the disgusting notion of that, I'm going to go out on a limb here 
and suggest that possibly you have at least one big butt as well. Yeah, you like that? Hurts a little, huh? Let me tell you something. Let me just tell you something, okay? Everybody we know has a big butt. And more often than not, it's the thing that actually gets in the way of us living a consistent life for Jesus. Yeah, I think you know what I'm talking about. I'm gonna expound a little bit, okay? See if you can recognize some of these butts. But I have to work more. But my favorite TV show is on. But my kids have practice, but I gotta tweet something. But it's such a beautiful day. But I'm just not in the mood. But I deserve a break today. You see, everything kind of interferes with my life of, of just living an authentic life for God, okay? And more often than not, it always has something to do with some sort of butt, okay? Even the littlest of butt can distract me. It really can. The littlest butt can make me think, well, I'm not going to pray today. I'm not going to think about it today. I'm not going to deny myself. I'm not going to read the Bible, blah, blah, blah. Whatever God asks me to do, I seem to have a butt for it and get away, okay? And the most horrendously big butt of all time is the butt that gets in the way of me just hanging out with God and reading His Word. It's true. Think about it. All the times you're about to open that, and all of a sudden the big giant butt gets in the way. A butt much like one of these. But I got a farm bill, but I'm tired, but the game's over, but I read last Tuesday, but I gotta check Facebook, but I don't like Leviticus, but it's too hot in here, but I, I just don't like books, but I don't understand it, but it's boring. But what does that have to do with me in the 21st century? Those are some ugly butts, people. Let's just call them what they are, ugly, ugly butts. Okay, and there's a lot more to them, sad but true. Here's a list, although not exhaustive, of some of the most popular butts known to mankind. But I don't have enough money yet, but others will think that I'm a nerd if I carry the Bible, but they won't like me if I talk about Jesus, but I don't know if God will do what I ask, but I just can't get motivated, but I'm afraid, but I don't have all the answers, but the small group is the same night as Monday Night Football, but can I just let my life speak for itself, but I'm not happy, but that's not my gift, but that's the pastor's job, but I don't know how to pray, but I can't believe that, but I don't know where to start, but everybody else is having fun. Butts abound, friend, but, 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 here a butt, there a butt, everywhere a butt butt. Okay? And, and, and the most overused butt of all time, but I just don't have enough time. Really? Oh, come on. We have a lot of butts. God has given us a real simple word. Okay? If we learn it, and we share it, and we teach it, and we live by it, then see, God gets glorified, people benefit, and then we get blessed. That's why we do what we do. That's the why behind the butt. Okay? And ultimately, that's the whole point I'm trying to make here, my fellow butt lovers, is if your butt is bigger than your why, then your butt's too big. Okay, it's time to, metaphorically speaking, snap into a Slim Jim. Okay, let's slap on some spiritual shape-ups and hit the road a little bit so we can just manage the butts a little bit. That's all we're trying to do. That's what we're talking about. Let's minimize the excuses. Let's shrink the butts. Shrink the butts. Say it with me. Shrink the butts. That's what we need to do. And you and I can do that together. We can conquer this. You and I can do it. We start today, okay? I know we can. Let's just do it. No ifs, ands, or... Yeah. I think you get it. He talks very fast. I hope you got the point of his discussion, that much like these people speaking to Jesus, yes, Lord, but first. And according to what God, what Jesus is trying to teach us here, there are no buts. Let's look at this, Philippians 3, 13 to 14. This is a very helpful but in Scripture. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what is ahead, I press on to the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. There are a lot of things in our lives that are competing with God's mission. Many of these things are great, but they do compete with our calling. 
Two weeks ago, we learned that if you follow Jesus, if you're a Christian, a Christ follower, you have a mission. And Jesus, just like him, as he walked steadfastly towards Jerusalem here in in, uh, chapter 9, we too need to walk intentionally and steadfastly towards the mission God has called us to. I love it when people show up on Sunday morning sweaty or tired. They've been at an early hockey morning, hockey practice, or they've had to run errands, they have to help their neighbors or do something for their family, and they get to church just in time or maybe a little bit late, and they are hot and they are sweaty. Sometimes they're a little exasperated. You know, they are welcome. They didn't have an excuse. They came to worship just as they are. And you are welcome here in a tie or a tracksuit. There, we don't, there are no buts. I would come to church, but I didn't have, but I was sweaty. Come on in. Come on in. I would come to church, but, and those are the buts that we need to be aware of. Jesus is not about creating a following. He is about making followers. That's what we're here for. He's making followers. Simply saying that you will follow him isn't enough. The primary characteristic of the person who is a follower of Jesus is someone who humbly follows. Are you a humble follower of Christ? Yes. Yes. Will I lay down my comforts and my commitments, other things that compete with my faith, so that I can steadfastly follow Jesus? That's the question every week. Yes. Are you willing? We're going to close today by simply giving you some silence to ask yourself that question. God, do I have any distractions in my life that need to die today? Are there any of those buts? But I can't, but I don't, but I am busy, but I, I don't have anything to give? No, you do have something to give. So in your bulletins, there's that little tear-off piece. You can use the lines there, beside name, phone, and email. Are there any commitments that you've been saying, first I will do this, Lord, then I will follow you? Because write those things down. Is there anything that's keeping you from your commitment and your faith in Christ? Is there anything that's holding you back that you need to give up? Is there anything that's, that's holding you back that that's in your heart or mind that needs to die so that you can live the way you're called to live. So let's just take a minute, think about it. Lord, what is it that I need to give up? What is it that I need to put aside? What is it that needs to die so that I can resolutely, steadfastly follow you? Let's pray together. Father, on this Thanksgiving Sunday, we say thank you for your love, for your comfort, for your forgiveness and your care. Help us today to have clarity, Father. Help me to see what's distracting me 
from living out my faith fully. Father, if there are any comforts that I'm seeking that are distracting me from my journey, Father, I give these things to you. Father, my mission is to serve you, and I will do it. Help me to turn my heart to the things that you desire for me. Father, help me to turn my heart to meaningful service for you, to my family, my work, my community, my neighbors. We give you our lives this Thanksgiving morning, and we say thank you, Lord. Amen. listening. For any questions about the message or to contact any of our pastors, please visit scottstreetchurch.ca.